1: Welcome to episode 323 of the Barcelona podcast brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Dan Hilton and I'm joined again by Domogoy Kostenshuk. Domogoy, are you ready for the fun of international football break podcasting?
2: I'm ready. Let's do this.
1: Well, today we are, as evidenced by the cover art, by the title, we are talking about Sergio Busquets. Mostly about Sergio Busquets. But first, there is some breaking news, though, that is relevant to this current season that we need to mention. And we'll talk more about next week. I'll go do a deep dive on this next week when he arrives. But Fabrizio Romano, a man that we should at this point trust, says, Adama Traore to Barcelona. It's a done deal on a loan. You got the, here we go. There it is. Loan with a buy option, which is not mandatory. I'm going to underline. I'm going to star that. I'm going to circle it a hundred times in red, not mandatory. Buy option. And it's 30 million plus bonuses. If they do indeed go with that buy option. And Barcelona will cover 100% of the salary until June. And, I think you're seeing mixed responses about this move, but yeah, Domogori, what's your impression of Adama Traore making his return from where he was born 10 minutes away from the Camp Nou?
2: I mean, we're all seeing the uh, details of the deal. I think it's not, it's not a bad deal. It's just that the player won't really, won't really get people that excited. I mean, he will get them excited in the way he plays. He is very pacey. He is very strong. He can dribble a lot and that's all good and well, but if people were frustrated with Dembélé and his decision making, and his things that he did in the final third, wait till they see Adama Traoré. That will be that will be quite something. Uh, as I said, it's a loan deal. It can't hurt. Let's just let's just go with that. Let's just spin it in a positive way. I, I think it tells you that Ferran Torres will probably play the number nine then, and then Dembélé probably is probably gone. So that's why Barca are looking for another winger uh, to fill that uh, right winger spot. So I guess that's it. Yeah, I mean, I could see that
1: having seen the switch even in the last game with Alaves when Abde in the 20th minute moved to the right and Ferran Torres moved over to the left. We haven't seen a lot of Ferran Torres on the left in his career, but I can certainly see that happening this season at Barcelona and keeping a player like Brothwaite or Luti Young up in the middle and then Adama Traore on the right. Uh, yeah, that said for Traore, I see this simply as it, you can't compare it to Ferran Torres, certainly for 55 million euros, that deal. Or even if Murata were to come on loan, because likely that would be with some kind of buy option. I wouldn't even compare this to the Maratha, where Maratha I think, fits to what Xavi wants to do in the long term. But in the short term, Xavi just, he wants wingers. He wants wingers to be wide. You could tell against Alavez when they played so narrow, that was part of the issue, where when they played so narrow and not having a Dembele and not having uh, Ansu Fati, who even though he goes out wide, he isn't truly stuck on that touchline. But Xavi wants on that right wing, because you have Alba on the left, you want on that right wing a player that's going to just hug the sideline. And that's what a Demetriou is going to do. I think you understated Pacey and Strong. Those are the two things he is. He's very, very high in dribbles, 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 dribbles. And then he might cross it in and it might not work. And that's what's going to happen a lot. But the way I view him as, as an upgrade to the Abde minutes. And I mean, I think Abde is a, a good young player. I think might have a future at Barcelona in years, maybe even next season or the season after. But I don't think he got enough polishing with Barca B. I don't think he got to be the main protagonist there. And I just think with young players like that, he's 20 years old, he's inconsistent. And he's just, there's going to be too many times to season Barca going for the top four where he's not going to show up. I don't want to try frustrate you, but he's going to give this base level. If that makes sense, his floor is what it's going to be every single game. And unfortunately update in his consistencies and Juke law is actually the same way where Juke law is going to be useful, but if he doesn't show up or if he doesn't do anything in a match, or if he can't find a match, because that's what young players sometimes fail to do, then you're going to need some other option. And even if Abbe continues to play, and he's even above Adama Troyer on the depth chart, just getting another winger in for that position. Because again, without Dembele, winger is looking very, very shallow, especially if Dest is only going to be trusted as some reserve right back or a third center back even, and not as actually a winger this season. So same thing with Balbay on the left side. If he's not even considered a left winger or anything, and no other left back is coming in, then Having another right winger for your depth. I mean, this Barcelona team is looking pretty shallow. So I just think he reinforces that a bit.
2: Yeah, that's true. I mean, you said it already. Adama is very much a one-trick pony. and But he will serve his purpose. He will stretch a back line. He will attack the space. He, will, he can serve as a target man as, as well. You can just hoof the ball over the top and he will run into the space and he will get into the positions to cross. He will cross with more or less accuracy and he will frustrate you in the final third because he... I don't know. Once he gets there, the things that he does there are not always ideal or far from ideal. But he will get there, and he will beat his man, and he will, you know, he will bring speed and verticality to this bar side, which is something that we do need. So I guess at the end of the day, it's a loan deal. He's on low wages. I it it can it can only surprise us in a
1: good way. I guess. Yeah, I th- I think I have low expectations for it, which is totally fair. And yeah, so I'm going to try to see if there's anything more to add. We might've actually covered all of it already, but it's time to move to our main focus. So before we get to the part of the show where I guarantee you will inevitably convince me that Bubakar Kamara is the answer, the future of FC Barcelona's midfield, we should cover why we're doing this whole Sergei Busquets thing and the point of this conversation. So you and I both this week without speaking to each other, and I know you got it out first. So I'm the one who deserves to, who needs to answer up, but I just want to come clean and, Earlier this week, you came out with a piece. And prior to you coming out with that piece, I immediately messaged you and said, I was also working on a pretty comprehensive piece about the idea of, I mean, I'm using air quotes here as much as I can, replacing Busquets. But uh, Domagoj, I think most Kool-Aids are sensible and understand what Busquets has meant to Barca and what he still offers. But I must say with me releasing my piece, I was incredulous at the incredible number of people that said I was wrong to say that Busquets was irreplaceable, even though I spent the next 15 minutes Giving more than ten candidates to someday replace him. So luckily, luckily, I have poured my brain back into my head. So I think we should kind of start with that. As in Sergio Busquets, calling him irreplaceable, calling him a legend, is actually even different things because he's a legend. He's done a lot of things. We're going to talk about throughout this about qualities to replace whatever. But first, we begin with his timeline because I think people think that by me saying and complimenting Sergio Busquets today in January 27, 2022, in the year of our Lord, that I'm saying that Sergio Busquets is never going to be leaving Barcelona and he'll be there forever until the day he dies. But how do you see his timeline shaking out as you were trying to think about what it means to replace him? And as even as you were choosing what players were potentially reasonable fitting his timeline?
2: Well, I think this is a topic that was always going to get a mixed reaction because you just cannot win with this with this uh with any arguments that you, you throw at people because if you say the busquets needs to be benched or rotated or even permanently dropped you will people will say oh you don't respect his legacy you don't respect the legend of his busquets and then if you say that bars are unlikely to replace him like for like with someone like frankie de Jong or Nico Gonzalez they will say oh you don't like La Masia or you hate frankie or you hate Ajax or stuff so you just cannot win and I was Fully expecting that sort of uh, avalanche of comments once I publish my piece. But the truth is, Busquets is such a unique profile in the world of football, even now, at this day of age, even in modern football, that it's unlikely Barca just go into the market or just dig a player out that fits that mold perfectly and still addresses all the needs that the team has. And I feel like that's the first reason that way they won't really replace him like Fry because there's just no such player out there. Well, maybe there is somewhere, a Busquets region waiting just in the shadows, but I don't know at the moment. And number two, I don't think that's possible. Well, that's not possible. I think that they really shouldn't either, because modern football is also evolving in such a way that the Busquets mold, the traditional Busquets mold, let's just put that in, in quotation marks, is not necessarily the way forward. Uh, I, when I did my research for my piece, I was initially looking for a player that would replace biscuits like for like, of course. But uh, somewhere along the way, I realized, wait, this might not really be ideal. This This might need a tweak or two. I realized that the double pivot is getting prominence because the more I re- the research and the more those elite players I found, most of them play in a double pivot. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. And the other thing is, the, the number six role as such, the pivot role, is evolving uh, just like every other role is evolving in modern football. You have defenders who are not only defenders, but they're also playmakers from the back. You have forwards who are not only scoring goals, but they also need to drop deeper, create overloads you know, link up with players, they may play mix to a certain extent. And I think the number six role will, will also evolve in such a way that it's not only destroyers. It's not only deep-lying playmakers. It's both. It's a mix of both. It's an athletic player who can shrug you off the ball, who can who can beat you in pace, who can kind of be this muscular guy, physical guy, but also a guy who can, when he shrugs you off the ball, he can promptly ping the ball or the top and and just into the path of a winger. Just he can play make and destroy you know, the opposition's uh, attack. So I feel like this is the future that Barca needs to get on the train. with. You. They need to get on with the times as well. They need to find a physical specimen who's also good on the ball. So my thoughts were, let's look for a player who's technically gifted, but also physically, or athletic, he's athletic and physical, physically strong as well. And I feel like that's necessary because of Barcelona's lackings within the system, they struggle, they struggle in transition, they struggle off the ball, they struggle to just stop the opposition's attacks. They need someone who can break up those attacks, which means, you know, as much as people frown upon it, which means they need someone who's physical and athletic as well, as well as technically good. So this is a very complex thing that I just went into, but I just want wanted to mention that because people need to understand this is a very, very, difficult thing to do. It's a very complex issue that bars are facing, and uh, we're just scratching the surface, really.
0: (laughs) We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's Piquet and Puyol, or Piquet and Mascherano, or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. Well, I think the problem we've been trying to answer it right now is that Barcelona clearly are going to be prioritizing other positions and and the prioritizing other positions, which we agree that on the list, Barca probably need I mean, in order, what Uh, number? I mean, you could argue with number nine, fullback, center back. You could argue for all three, depending on in what priority you put those three positions. And now with Dembele leaving, a a high fluton winger as well might even go on the depth chart as far as players that you need to bring in and go on the transfer market in the summertime for before you get that defensive midfielder. So now you're talking about your defensive midfield spot. You're going to basically have to get some kind of deal. You're going to have to figure out. A, a way to get a player who wants to come to Barcelona on smaller wages. And that was the other challenge of trying to even figure out that replacement now, because every name that I have on my list and the names you have on your list, they're either going to be even transferred in the next three days, or they're definitely going to be transferred over the summertime for major numbers that Barca might be able to afford if they were the first priority and they won't be. And I think when I was thinking about that Sergio Busquets timeline, you know, I think in saying, Oh, Busquets, I, cause I, I've, I've said it many times that Busquets, I would hope, Just like with Xavi's last season, which continues to be this ideal situation of how to bleed out a veteran and bleed out a club legend, you basically have him starting when he needs to, coming off the bench and serving this role. And Busquets, I don't know if he's actually, not to say that he's been given that option, but I don't know how much of an option Barca has to do that for him, because I just think of how essential he still is to the way that Barca ideally want to play. And unfortunately, as I've said before, his issues are not just his issues, his issues, a structural issue between him and PK and Alba and in front of him, his ability to play with De young, the chemistry between those two, that has never really kind of fruition. So what is Busquets timeline? I think PK's timeline matters. If PK is leaving over the summertime and now you have a really athletic center back to join Araujo and Garcia and what I believe is going to be the three at the back. Now Busquets has a bit more coverage and he actually might succeed being a year older next year. Garcia and Araujo, as I said, their development matters. Do either of them going to be replaced? Is Araujo's contract? What's his situation look like? Because if you can't bring in some gigantic, huge center back, it becomes two problems where you can't really replace Busquets with money and you need to go out on the market and find another center back. Alba's timeline matters, as I said, too. If you have a left back that is a little more capable of coming in field and defending in the middle of the field, unlike Alba, who doesn't doesn't really have the... uh, He doesn't win many aerial duels. Let's put it that way, defensively. (laughs) And then also Pedri, Nico, DeJong and Gabi's timeline matters too. If any of those players now, I think those four are interesting because we're definitely going to be talking about Nico and DeJong. But for Gabi and Pedri in particular, I did get questions about, I don't know if you did either, but I got questions about why did I not mention Garcia and Pedri as potentially playing in not just a single pivot, but a double pivot. And my answer was, I think Garcia and his progressive passing is necessary on the back line and especially the three at the back, and I wouldn't want to move him forward. And for Pedri, I think he's just so important in that final third. You cannot, he's just so much more valuable there. So Barca would, I'd want to reinforce the the deeper position, as you mentioned, and let Pedri go to work upfield. Because where I kept going was the same place. We got to the same conclusion, that I was surprised looking at the names, I mean, You looked at, I think you looked at more than me, 362 or whatever your list was. I think I started with like 30 and then narrowed it down to to 11. But as far as all the players I looked at, so many of them over and over again, as I watched these teams were playing in double pivots and people were like, oh, that's not Barcelona. But it is because, again, watch what Xavi had put at Al Saad. Watch what he's tried to institute and watch what he ideally wants to institute with Barcelona. He wants to put forward a 3-4-3 with a double pivot and two high interiors. And that is clear. And of all the teams that we looked at, and here's some, we're going to give it away before we go on our candidates. But I know you and I both, I watched a bunch of Lyon for this video. I watched a little bit of Nice. I watched a a bit of Monaco. And as I continue to watch those teams, even, even Marseille. So I was watching a lot of league uh, to give that away. And so are you and watching those games, pretty much every one of those teams plays with a double pivot. And all these guys are, as you said, being picked up, not as sixes, but as these six, eight hybrids, because the four things when I look to try to replace Busquets, the four, and then you looked much more at numbers than I did in the metrics. But the four things I was looking for, even with the eye test is, are they elite at reading the game offensively? Are they elite at reading the game defensively? Are they elite at long balls? And are they elite at controlling the pace of the game? Because those four qualities, I think, at the elite level, complement DeYoung and Nico, as opposed to being redundant to what Nico and DeYoung add. Because that's the whole point. If you're going to get in another guy that does exactly what DeYoung does, then you're selling DeYoung and replacing him, not Busquets. And that was actually a challenge I had. It was like, am I just bringing on another player that's exactly like Frankie DeYoung, and can Frankie DeYoung work with another Frankie DeYoung? Because ideally, he wants to get forward ideally Nico wants to get forward. And so you'd want a player that is comfortable just sitting back and standing in that pivot spot and controlling and dictating the pace of a game. And I talked about rest defense before, and is it is a player able to just kind of keep it in check, right? Are they able to just be reserved and not have to jump into that space and allow De Young or Nico to be the pivot that goes forward and you cover in behind. So that was what I want. I, I, but I, you're right. I don't know how many patient or, I mean, yeah, I think Busquets is limited by his mobility, but I don't know how many of those just sheer game orchestrators are truly left in modern football.
2: It is very difficult as I said because we we both looked at highly technical players, so elite players on the ball who have some physical traits. That was the that was at least my blueprint, my first template. So I based everything. My whole my whole sample. So the the, the biggest two categories that I looked at was involvement in the game, which is basically receive passes and passes that they send. Per 90 minutes. And I also looked at progression metrics. So progression actions like progressive passes or progressive runs, which are combined into one, one metric. Because I, I thought in my mind, that's what Barca pivot is. He is a, this highly involved player who lets the game flow through him. He ensures that the, the, the thirds are connected. He ensures that the, the tempo of the game is stable and goes in Barca's favor, of course. And And that's where I began my search. But then what you end up with, well, at least what I ended up with, are these highly technical elite players who are also sort of aggressive on the uh, on the ball. And as you said, Barca would need someone to complement the young or Nico, who are both more aggressive, uh, with someone who can sit deeper and maybe protect the, the the channels and stuff like that. So what if we had to flip the script? That's that's the, that's the thing that I had the thought I had after publishing my piece. I was like. What if I had to flip the script? What if instead of looking at highly technical players who also have physical traits, what if we looked at destroyers with technical qualities? Because what we would get in that way are players who like to sit deeper, who are not necessarily the elite of the elite on the ball, but they'd still do the job. But their primary concern is dominating their area, dominating the number six areas so of the deeper areas of the pivot and stopping transitions and doing the defensive work and doing the hard work and doing the, the uh, uh what would you call it the dirty work of 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 the team so maybe i'm, I'm not sure what you think about that but that's this is a thought that i had while discussing with some of the other people as well maybe barca could could do with sacrificing the traditional pivot profile with us with something different uh, because if you take, take a look at I don't know, Real Madrid with, with Casemiro, if you look at Liverpool with Fabinho and stuff like that, they have these dominating presences in midfield who are not necessarily elite on the ball. They're good on the ball, but not, they're not really famous for that. And it still works. But the thing with Barca is that would kind of put more emphasis on progression and creativity and, and just you know, tempo on the other two midfielders. And It will also put a huge straight on the back line if you're gonna do if you're gonna have such a structure with a destroyer in, in midfield and in number six position, you have to ensure that your back line is elite on the ball. And at the moment, Barca only have Eric Garcia, who's elite on the ball in the back line, and he is so and, needed. And arguably, PK,
1: but we're also throwing PK out because if anything, his timeline is he'll be gone before gets it, so that's yeah. why we're
2: not discussing PK at the moment, um, yeah, yeah, and exactly. Is but you, yeah, but you also seen. Against Athletic, for example, and in the late last game, Barca had Piqué and Araujo, and it wasn't enough from the backline. It was just they were missing someone like Eric García. And imagine if Busquets isn't there because Busquets kept dropping deeper because of that same problem because the backline wasn't just progressive enough. He had to drop deeper. And now if you have a pivot who is not exactly that sort of pivot, who is more of a destroyer type of player, destroyer first, progressive, progressive second. It might put a huge strain on the on the on the back line, but I feel like it is something that's worth experimenting with I'm not sure if we we would probably get different sort of players on the list if, if we if, if I had gone down that route. So destroyers first, progressors second. It sounds a bit too extreme because bars are not really open to change. Uh, let's just put it that way. If they're struggling to deploy a double pivot when it would obviously complement their, their player profiles and their overall needs, uh, I, I doubt they will be open to going that way. But this is just a thought I had and just wanted to, to share with you.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, because you think about Frankie de Young, I think, is at the core of this argument, because as again, I go back to the idea that if Barca are going to get out on the market, almost every name that we're going to name that's not at Barca already is unlikely because Barca are not going to have the funds to be able to bring in any of these players, because there are other clubs who are going to be prioritizing a defensive midfield position in the off season in a way that Barca won't be doing because they do have Nico and Frankie in theory internally, but Frankie He is best, not even as a double pivot, but I think he would be better as a center back in a back three to do that thing about progressing the ball forward. And I think what keeps him and Nico from me saying, well, I mean, and you look at the single pivot thing, right? There was two names that came up as can handle a job of a single pivot at that elite level where they do all the things that we're asking for from an elite level single pivot. And that is Rodri at Man City. And that is Kimmich at Bayern Munich. Those are the two players. And I think it also helps that the rest of their 10 players around them are elite at their jobs as well. And so it enhances their ability to do that. So Barcelona are, I'd say, four to five world-class players away at this juncture, unfortunately, from being able to say, hey, that single pivot, that's their job because everybody around them does these exact things because all of those players, I mean, we're even now comparing a Pedri to Kevin De Bruyne, right? Where De Bruyne is completely in his prime and Pedri is still on the way up as good as Pedri is. He's Barca's best player at 19 years old, and and yet there's still even room to grow there as far as his ability to even take pressure off, uh, though defensively, I, I don't want this whole thing about Pedro, but Pedri being great, but <laughs> But yeah, back to the boost de uh, Young thing, him and Nico, I don't think either of them, I actually thought about on the other side of the ball. So you thought about it on the offensive side, progressing the ball in possession where Barca is going to, I mean, this right under Xavi they've had what 75% against Alaves or whatever it was, but I don't think either of them read the game defensively at an elite level to be a single pivot. So no matter what, it is going to be a double pivot, I think, with Frankie and Nico, and so you get to thinking of why doesn't a double pivot with Frankie De Young and Busquets work? Because in theory, in theory, Busquets stays put and De Young gets forward and he covers in for him in behind, but it doesn't seem to work that way. Where even against Alavez, Frankie De Young didn't have the coverage he needed to get forward until Nico also came on the field and you added another midfielder against that narrow block that Alavez had had set up. And so, to me, actually. Looking at Nico with Barca B when he was a lone pivot there, he's not ready yet. And I think there's a reason why Booth Coleman and Xavi, but I think Busquets is a big reason for this, but why Nico hasn't really even been put on for Busquets, right? He's never come on for Busquets to be the, the double pivot or whatever. He's come on a little farther up the field all the time to use his action, use his energy and use his quickness. So we're talking down the road. Does Nico have the skill set? Is he actually an elite defensive reader of the game someday to be able to do that job? But now we're talking about progress and we're talking about wh- how much investment is Xavi going to put in making those skills potentially for Nico and un- unveiling those. And is that fit Busquets' timeline and Nico's timeline? Is he going to be ready for that job? But even the double pivot part of it for Nico, is he going to be able to handle wanting to get forward and keeping that in check because, again, I continue to go back. What's a player that's just going to stay put for De Jong so De young can get forward or that Nico can get forward for that? So just shifting gears a little bit, I think the player I actually want to start with is we had three players on both of our lists who I'm, I want to talk about individually. I think I know none of them are probably going to be FC Barcelona, but I think this is what people kind of want to hear about why we chose these players in particular. But the player I want to start with is Solence Kekretz, who I picked and you did not. He's a 21-year-old... From Lyon, and we actually both picked his pivot partner. But for me, Kekretz, he is a a bit smaller, but he plays in a double pivot in a 3 4 3. And I was surprised to see that, very much like with Leeds United, when you go through metrics, Lyon and Leeds are very high for press resistance, they're very high in progressive passing. And Lyon is not great (laughs) in League One, but they have pieces and the players and the ideas that. In theory, if you pick the right players out of that system, you can enhance everything they do. Uh, and so for Kakuretz, he's he has good composure, very press resistant. He I don't know how high his upside is, but he is very good at reading the game. And he's a bit... Not say that he's not mobile. He can move defensively, but he's not offensively willing to... He doesn't need chaos. He doesn't need to get forward the way that Nico and DeYoung did. That's why I kept him on the list, even if he's necessarily doesn't have the same high ceiling as I think the other three here... In Aurelian Chuameni uh, from Monaco, 22 year old. And then you have Bruno Guimarães, the 24 year old, defensive midfielder, Brazilian from Lyon. And then Boubacar Kamar, the 22 year old for Marse- uh, Marseille. And when you look at those other three options, I can tell the
2: direction you had gone. Yeah, exactly. I mean, with both kakare and Bruno, I think that they both have clear traits of a number eight as well. I mean, they. They play on double pivot and Kakre is more of a six than Bruno is, I would say. But at the same time, he's still not... I would still not call him a pure six. And he's also... The reason that... Well, he actually, when I put him through all my metrics, he ranked in the top 10-ish, something like that. He was very, very high as well. But Bruno, Bruno was at the very top, like just behind the likes of Kimmich and Rodri. There was Bruno because he his level... The things he does on the ball are just, you know, his abilities, pure ability, is just off the charts. the The problem I have with Bruno and uh, is he his defensive side? You you spoke about this about Busquets that he has this reading of the game. He his defensive quality is just being just reading the game well and then just being one step ahead of his opponents. Bruno doesn't have that. He is amazing on the ball, but defensively, he is very hardworking. He will press. He will make recoveries. he can he can run for, for a long time and he's very fast so you can definitely use that in defensive transitions but he doesn't really have the reading of the game he doesn't have that defensive intelligence and that was my biggest problem with Bruno I still put him on the list because his ability is just extraordinary he's just at the moment he is one of the, the top midfielders on the planet I, I just I, I just had to say that and I saw his numbers and I, when I watched him play when I made it like a I had uh, Raiders made for all the players. He was just outstanding. I just could not not put him on the list, but he is not the ideal choice because of that defensive side of the things. And he excels be just having the freedom to go forward. And if you bring him in and put him next to the young, you have a, a problem that they both like to do the same thing. They both like to go forward. Yeah. You have two, two of the two more aggressive pivots and you don't have a pivot who likes to sit deep and just, you know, be stash- stationary. Kakarot is more like that. I think he's more, he fits more in that sense, but he's also a bit more slender. He's not as athletic as, as Bruno is. And I feel like Bar said really, really, if their next pivot really needs to be athletic because he has to be able to cover a lot of ground. He needs to be able to cover it quickly and he needs to be able to dominate duels and, and just direct confrontations and challenges with, 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 the, with the opposition. And that's why, ultimately, I, th- I think that's why he kind of fell down the rankings. And I ultimately don't pick him because just the physical aspect and the athletic side was not really there.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting when we talk about, again, that difference between a player like Bruno and then a player like I even had on my list, I had uh, Martin Zubamendi from Real Sociedad who is a Spanish international, has been in week a, is having trouble even like being the starter. But in the case of Zubamendi and the case of Kakarets, they're again, a little less get forward, a little less of a, st- a destroyer, but they've also never been asked to be the hub of their team. And I think that's the one thing when I was looking at your metrics was when you extrapolate what Kakaretz does, let's say as a hub of the team with a bit with just double his, almost double his touches, honestly. And then Zubamendi the same. You What happens when you increase their touches to a point where they are the, the, not lone pivot, if you will, but a lone or a double pivot where they are the hub of that team and they are the metronome that gets everything going. And again, at the point where now we're saying, okay, Zubamendi and Kakretz, we're starting to feel like, are we trying to replace Busquets 1v1, one one, uh, like for like? And then you immediately fall short because there's no way that Kakretz, even, at their, even though they're both t- 21 and then Zubamendi is about to be 23, even at those ages, and they're so in theory growing and getting better, they're in no way going to ever be able to hold a candle to what Busquets does. In a way, that again, Barca fans, they're saying, hey, we had Busquets for a long time and we see that Man City has got Rodri and Bayern has Kimmich. Barcelona, where's that guy for Barcelona? And again, it's a reminder that it's so hard to find that player that you're asking for something else. And the two players, and I agree with you on Bruno, and it's funny that even in my video yesterday, we're talking 24 hours, I had said that he was the 1B because I think I agree with you that he would just make Barcelona so dynamic and it would create more problems, but it might not if Barcelona was able to fortify their defense. So it really does squad construction matters, but Gimenez is kind of also probably he's probably going to Newcastle anyway, and that's going to be a done deal Then his wages are going to be never to be to be found again. But he was also so press resistant. And that's why you're right. Metrics wise, he had to be on some kind of list. He deserves to be on the list. But the two names, I think that are should be at the top of the queue that you and I both agree on that is, I, I think, really, truly the 1A and the 1B with... I, I don't actually... I'm going to say it's 1 and 2 because... And for very different reasons. But Aurel, uh, Aurelion, uh Chouameni, which I've said a 100 times in the last few days, and yet I still can't get it out of my mouth. The 22-year-old from Monaco can play as a single pivot or a double pivot. He has, I think, the highest defensive upside of anybody on this list. He's terrific. I'm actually... Watching Monaco, I was really impressed at how well he delivers long balls because I think we have a way of looking at a player like him and looking just how physical he is and saying that player is not going to be as technically astute as we think he is. He's not going to be able to play long balls, but I was so impressed with his long balls and reading of the game offensively even. And unfortunately, that's very problematic because he's likely outside of Barca's price range. It headed, I'd say to the EPL in the summertime for we're talking 55, 65 million euros now Madrid came out with him today, which tells you that Barca might actually be interested behind the scenes, that they said that they want him in Camavinga, but Casemiro is still there, so that, that's a problem they're going to have anyway. But yeah, Chiumeni was the name that just, of all else, it's just his defensive reading of the game, you cannot get wrong. And that goes back to the fact that for what Nico and Young and Pedri and Gabi can do moving forward for you, what Eric Garcia could do with his progressive passing, having another guy at the back alongside Araujo to say, hey, shutting everything down. If we lose the ball, we're going to get it right back and jam it right down their throats. And I don't think any player under the age of 23 in world football does that like to him and he does now Kamara, as far as elite leading of the game was the other thing why he, I, as, as I said, as I ruminate on it, him being a free agent, he's going to have a lot of suitors. Yes, but him being a free agent in the summertime, if he wants to come to Barca and Barca have a good pitch for him and say, Hey. Busquets next season for the 2022, we talked about timeline for the 2022, 23 season. He's going to be on the bench a bit more. He's going to be willing to be rotated and we were going to play a double pivot and you're going to get half the starts or more. And you're going to be our, one of our number sixes of the future. And they can sell Kamara on that. Now you're talking about an opportunity to potentially bring that kind of player in a 22 year old for Marseille, who he is also for Marseille this year played in a single pivot or a double pivot. And I think while being versatile is important, Unlike Eric Garcia, his time, that being Kamara's at center back, I think helped him learn the game from a defensive side of things. And I actually think he also, along with many, is an elite, elite reader of the game defensively. And his metrics also. This is actually an example too where you're seeing some of your research pushed me to to reevaluate my thoughts on Kamara because when I saw him, I was so impressed by his elite defensive reading, and I was kind of. I wasn't as excited about his long balls, but then I saw your numbers and I'm like, wait a second, this guy's long ball numbers are really promising. And again, where I say, if he can extrapolate that and be the hub of a team, I don't know how high of a ceiling Kamara has, but his metrics prove that he might be really, really incredible. And so, I mean, I think at the end of it, too many is my pick, but Kamara, I mean, that's the one that makes me say, hey, if, if that's possible, can you make that possible Barcelona? And so, I mean, I would, if I'm Barca, I'm going hard in on Kamara now to bring him over the summertime and then to phase the, uh, Busquets out next year, pretty, you know, in the same way that Xavi phase himself out, right? If anybody can convince his friend, it's going to be Xavi convincing his best friend Busquets to phase himself out in the exact same way next season. And I, so I think my pick at the end of it is Many and then Kamara for all those reasons. And did you find the same thing? I mean, I, I don't want to get too excited about players that are never going to be Barca players, but if you told me gun to my head, are they ever going to play in a Barca uniform? No, neither of them will but I would love to see either of them. Those are those are my picks.
2: Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that's exactly how I would put it. I think Kamara has, of course, he has the higher chance of joining Barca. If Barca push for him and, and if they can sum the project and I don't know what wages he would command, but shouldn't be too much. Uh, he is attainable. Chomen is not because he's such a hot commodity already. That every top team is going to want want to sign him. So Barca cannot compete with that. If if there's a bidding war, any kind of wage war, whatever it is, Barca cannot win that. Uh, they could, they could win that, but they, they'll go all out on Holland. And I think that Holland is, despite what people think, I think that he's a real possibility. I think like, I would even say that Holland is probably gonna sign for Barça, but that also means that Barca will have no money left to 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 cover for every other position that they need to cover right uh, but that's that's a different problem altogether but I, yes i would agree chomeney is just he fits he takes all the boxes uh and that the players on my list they were they were filtered out rigorously so i didn't really spare anyone uh i just i i took the elite of the elite from every single category that i had uh, so if the player made the final list, that means that they have something special. They have, they are special in every single metric that I set out for them. So they they deserve a, sh- a shot. I mean, they would th- theoretically they would be a good pick. And Kamara was one of the one of the best picks as well. So, and he's also free. So I I guess his signing I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it at all because I think there is a there is potential there, and he he excels in all the right things. He's not he would not be you know technically like ability wise maybe not the most exciting pick of the of the bunch but definitely definitely covers and picks all the boxes so i i feel like he would be a good signing at juventus would be the ideal signing of course but at the same time well he is attainable if barça like went all in on him they would maybe be able to get him but as i've said since they have other plans they have other priorities i don't think they can compete for a signing so that's that's kind of that's kind of the uh, the bad thing about the whole thing.
1: Right. And now we're talking about players that when we're, again, putting quotes around it, replacing Busquets, the list gets shallow pretty quickly as far as players where what are our expectations? So I actually had Florian Grillich from Offenheim on my list. 26 years old was my oldest player on my list. And I think you had Hoiberg from Tottenham, which mm. I believe he's 26 as well. And for Grillich, why I put him on the list was he's an upcoming free agent he felt like the safest pick on the list. He's a natural defensive midfielder, but he also plays the center back in a back three in a Hoffenheim team that, again, I I found that I was comparing the players that had those high metrics with players that want to play the way that Xavi wants to play in a 3-4-3, generally with a double pivot. And why I put Grillich again on the list was that he felt like a stopgap to Busquets until Barca can kick the can down the road for a year or two to find a long-term or younger option. In theory, if you bring in Grillich, to, in theory, again, give Busquets some room to see his way out the door over the next one to two seasons, you're giving Nico time to be able to step into a role. So you're just enhancing your squad with depth. That's why I had him on the list. And then I think Frank Kessie, basically our discussion about Bruno, double that, but just also lower your level a little bit as well. 25-year-old for AC Milan, going to be a free agent, plays in a double pivot for Milan, likes to get forward when able, underrated passer, but defensively, The metrics just weren't really there. He doesn't like to stay at home. He likes to wander a bit. And I don't think that solves your, you know, the hub of your team. I think he's just a little bit more redundant with Nico and De Young, and, again, spend your money elsewhere Then some of the other players I had on the list were uh, Kefren Taram, who, a 20-year-old for Nice. He wasn't even on your list metrics-wise because he's only 20, plays 47% of all Nice's minutes. And that would be one where Barca should because again not say they're late to the party on Chuey and Kamara, but those young players especially in league a all of a sudden you look and they are 21 22 23 and everybody's after them so can they plant the seed now with a player that the son of Lillian Taram who actually played at the La Masia in 2006 and 07 you know knows Catalonia just a little bit from his time there but you know he's a player that I think could grow into having elite defensive game reading skills even though his ability on the ball right now is nowhere near what need to be for Barcelona to in theory, again, not like for like replace Busquets, but try to enhance that position in the, in the short term. And then the other player I had was under Ordeana, because I want to ask you now, going back to La Masia, you and I talked about Mark Casado last time we were on. He's just too young, just too raw. He might not even have the highest ceiling either. He's had some injuries in his career. We don't know where he's going to be. And then Alfaro Sans, who's already with the first team right now, sometimes this season, he, again, doesn't have the high ceiling that you need. He can't be the hub of a team. He is believe it or not, much more of kind of a destroyer. He has very good defensive instincts, that being sans, but he's limited physically in what he can do. And then he just doesn't have the long balls and the the ability on the ball to really unlock a team. Now, the player who does do that is Oriana, the 21 year old captain for Barca B, but he has not been healthy in two seasons. And he also is very good with the long ball, but I think he's going to struggle defending without, some other coverage, which is why Barca B under Garcia Pimienta last year improved when Nico became the lone pivot and Hondo actually stepped into an interior role. But, but if Hondo is able to stay healthy and continue to improve and his defensive ability and ability to read the game do improve as well, he would be one of the better options in a single pivot position, but that's a lot to ask of Hondo. So it's like, it's kind of unfair to put him on that list because at 21, If he was 19, I think it's a different conversation. But now that he's 21, now that he hasn't been able to be healthy, I don't think he's going to be able to fill in his game with everything he needs to, to be trusted to be that player. Even in a double pivot, I mean, I think he has the right understanding of what he needs to do because, he, again, he's been groomed as a Barca pivot, but I just don't think he's good enough, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I I would agree. The thing with replacing Busquets with a Busquets replica, which hundred really is. I think that he mimics Busquets' profile well, really, really good. And the same for Casado as well. I, I, I'm a big fan, but you know, as as you said, we we just cannot really predict that. Uh, the thing is, if you want to replace Busquets with a profile that's identical to Busquets, you will likely, as we've concluded already, you'll likely find players that fit the profile, but their ability is just not there. Yep. so players like Zubimendi, for example, as you mentioned, for they could emulate the busquets profile, but they will be a huge step down from what the original is. So and and I feel like even the players like Rodri, for example, who is like one one on one, one, he's a like for like as a like for like can get. Let's just put it that way. That's Rodri and he's also tall. he can he can uh, read the game well as well and he's defensively okay. he's not elite, but he's okay. But those plays, I feel like if you put Rodri in this Barcelona, current Barcelona squad, I think he struggles, maybe not the same way as Busquets, but he will have similar issues to Busquets because mm-hmm. just, just because he has the same profile as Busquets and he's still playing, he's not playing in a, in an inch-perfect Manchester City structure. He's playing in a pretty faulty Barcelona structure and he would struggle in the same way. That's why I'm saying Barcelona is someone who has the athleticism because they need to have the physical attributes to cover up for the, uh, for the flaws of the system, so to speak. Let's just put it that way. Uh, and, and that's why I ultimately feel like a change in the system, a change in, in, in the, in the search for a Biscuit replacement needs to be, needs to be um, implemented because if you look for a, a direct replica, you'll just find a player who is not, as good as Busquets, that's number one. And you find a player who will, if he's even if he's good on the ball, he will have the same issues or the same similar flaws that that Busquets has, and he will still struggle in this in this bar system. That's the main thing, and that's why I have players like Hoyberg, for example, on my list, which is that was a big surprise for me as well. I I, I, I saw him top every single metric, not never not every single metric, but he was among the top players. Uh, at the end of the day, in, in my final list, I was like, "Oh, this is surprising." So I went and scouted him a bit more, and he is—he is maybe limited one dimension on the ball. He's not really Busquets on the ball, not even close. But he does the dirty work. He, he does—he wins duels. He's physical. He's athletic. He can—he can run. He can cover for his teammates. So he is the other side of the coin that I mentioned. He may not be the, the pure destroyer, but he is still a player who. Can win you this, these duels? He, he can be physical, who can, who can run a lot, but who can also do the job uh, in the, the passing and progressive metrics. Because if he couldn't do the job, he wouldn't really made it that far on my list. Because I, I was, as I said, I was very rigorous in the way I filtered, filtered the players. So I feel like maybe that could be a potential direction in which Barca could go. Because even the players like Hondro Irana or Casado or Rodri or Kimmich, for, for that matter, they would emulate Busquets maybe on the ball, but off the ball, they would have similar issues if they're not really playing in a structure that can mask their flaws, mask their physical deficiency, let's just put it that way, and, and somehow highlight their strengths, which Barca at the moment, they, they're not doing a good job at masking busquetss uh, flaws. But when you look at that, it's, it's a big issue because Busquets' positioning and, and how do you deploy them is a big issue. If you deploy them f- far too high, that he suffers in defensive transitions he cannot really cover that ground yeah. if you deploy him far too deep Barca cannot press high because Busquets doesn't have the time to cover that ground going forward and then you have a uh, pressing structure that's not compact and then you suffer in that regard so I feel like as much as we don't like to mention physicality we don't like to mention athleticism we don't like to mention speed and all that stuff Busquets was never about that I can, I admit that but the times have changed and you really need you need that blend of physicality and, and technique at this point.
1: Yeah, there aren't players who are just out there to get a tackle. Players at this top level are able to all play a pretty decent ball. Uh, and I, I think in con- we're going to try to conclude, try to wrap this up here. The I think the through lines that we continue to work through with Busquets is that Busquets, like all the other legends, the parts have been unable, I mean, incapable of replacing. And that is and I'm not just talking about Messi. I'm talking about Jordi Alba. I'm talking about Danny Alves. And what they did in particular when Barca were playing at its best was 10 years ago and not that football has changed, but those players and those legends were so elite at the jobs they did that they were able to stick around beyond when Barcelona should have been replacing them. And then it's again, another unfortunate result or reality of the Bartomeu regime that's poor squad planning for six or seven years or eight years or whatever it is, wherever we're at now, a failure for, a certain La Masia players to break through a failure for transfers to make any gosh darn sense for a long time. I mean, it's weird in the support to era. I feel so vindicated about how I felt about Coutinho and how I felt about Griezmann and all those deals, because Barcelona was not fortifying for the future what they needed to fortify when they had, and that's going to continue to be a problem now for another season or two, where you might get a Ferran Torres and players will come in now maybe even quick and short order. Cause we look at the free agents of Mesraoui and you will have players that are going to make sense and potentially be the upgrades that Barca need, but to replace, and they're continuing to try to replace this generation from 10 years ago. And it's just continuing to happen because of the standard that those players set. And that's why in conclusion, what we came to both of us over and over again was that the way that football is played today, because for a, a while there, every team wanted to have their own Busquets, but almost every team learned that, What he does in terms of his ability to be the hub of a team offensively, to be press resistant, to read the game, to read the game defensively at an elite level and continue to close out all those clearest spaces. Yeah. If you have a team around him that supports him not getting caught in an island, that's important. And it takes some world-class players to do that. But all the things he did for so, so long, there's almost nobody like him left or not even left, but around like you can't, he's, he is a one V one, just like Xavi, just like in and Alves and Messi and Puyol, like they're one V one players. So replacing them is physically impossible. But the reason we're having this conversation now is that while we may not have even mentioned the next midfielder that Barcelona purchase. And even if the next one they get, let's say they get Frank Kessie, he might disappoint because he's not going to be Busquets. He's certainly not going to do almost any of those jobs. He's just going to be an entirely different look to the midfield. So, Again, the final point I think here, and then I'll let you wrap it up, Domogoy, is that when Busquets is phased out either next season, I mean, I guess I'm hoping it's not too soon, it's going to be 35 at that point. So next season, as as Busquets is is being phased out, Barca is going to look entirely different. They're likely going to play a, a double pivot. And the good news I have, the silver lining I have, is that Xavi is fully aware that a change was coming. That's why the names he's being linked to for next season, like Azbalicueta, who may be 33 but he, what does he do? He plays in a back three. He's a progressive ball-playing center back who's pretty good defensively, adds leadership, and plays in a back three. And then even the likes of Morata, is a number nine who works hard, presses high, and is going to fight and can put in some goals when he's put in the proper positions. And so those two players in particular that are always room with Barca, just, remi- just remind you that Xavi wants to play a 3-4-3 with two high interiors and be very much on the press. Suffocate an opponent, have a lot of possession in the way that Barcelona fans want to see possession. So the way that we think of Barcelona is changing ever so slightly with modern football, but it's also changing on the personnel that bars are able to bring in. So that's why the names that we mentioned, I think fit the future of what Barcelona is going to be. But in the same instance, if Barcelona are winning with Pedri and Gabi and Nico, and De Young and Adama, uh, I mean, and uh, Ansu Fati, I almost said down right? I mean, who knows? <laughs> who knows? He scores 15 goals this season or 20 goals this season, and he, then they they buy him for 30, whatever. But, and Ansu Fati, and Eric Garcia, that's still gonna look like Barcelona. I promise. I promise. I mean, Xavi's gonna Xavi on the freaking bench. Like, it's gonna be Barcelona. Don't you worry. But to, it's going to be different because Busquets was just so irreplaceable for, for so, so long. And that's the conclusion I get with. And I think. That nuance to understand that Busquets is irreplaceable because of what he's done for so long, yet also is going to need to be replaced. So how do you answer that question? I think it's what we did for, you know, for how many hours did you spend, Domagoy? <laughs> right? Over the last <sighs> trying to figure that out. And I think it's still a question that Barcelona, after all the names that we mentioned, we didn't find the one because we didn't find a player that's going to be, I mean, reasonably priced and able to do almost any of the things he does. It's going to be a change in formation and a, an expensive player. Or it's going to be somebody internally who doesn't really fit. That's that's where we're
2: at. Yes, exactly. I feel like that's the conclusion that everyone has to accept is that if Barca are looking for a like for like replacement for Busquets who's just going to come in and do everything Busquets does at the same level, that's not going to happen. It's just impossible because that player doesn't exist. So the only way to replace Busquets properly is to slightly tweak the system, slightly tweak your approach so that you can fit in other profiles that you have. uh, And then you can replace busquets that way. You can can just, you just have to do something different. You just cannot go for one for one replacement. It just, it's impossible. And I feel like that's not a bad thing either, because we have players who are good players. It's just that they are not utilized to the best of their abilities because we keep, you know, we keep busquets and we keep going with the same system, the same structure. And the fact remains that maybe that doesn't suit them the, the best way, and once they are finally released, they're, they're finally let you know to express themselves in the best way they can. We'll see a change, sure, but it may be a change for the for the best as well. So I feel like interesting times are ahead, and sooner or later, Busquets will have to be phased out. Uh, once that happens, Barça will change. Definitely will change because whoever replaces him won't replace him. This, you know, they won't give us the same things that he does at least not the same way on the same level so it will be it will be a, a big process but as you said Barca will be Barca Xavi's on the bench and if, if it's a double pivot or a single pivot it won't change I mean, it will change a lot but ultimately Barca will still remain true to their, to their philosophy I feel
1: yeah I agree I agree with that final point, point. So, Domogoy, the next time you and I wind up working on independently pieces for more than two or three hours, I think we need to make the promise that we're going to message the other one just so <laughs> we know that we're that we're uh, we're not we're not thinking too much or, or be a little more collaborative. I think with with some of our ideas. But I'm glad that we did it separately. We all we, we came to the same conclusion, which is again, even if the names were a little bit different around the edges and approach, I, I think it was a really great conversation. Clearly, you did your homework, and uh, I tried my best to do mine. But remember to follow Domogoy on Twitter. Just hit his name and in the show notes and he's a good follow there tweets i'll say more than me so definitely a good follow on twitter there instagram and twitter for us at the barcelona potter i'd help in d13 for me close facebook group to barcelona podcast answer the questions i'll let you in And then patreon is how we keep making these shows always always appreciated and you can listen to these shows without the ads over there little incentive supports the show now, my piece about Busquets is up on YouTube, where I also have the match reviews, the five headlines that people seem to like from the games. But make sure you follow Domogoy on his Substack. That's where to find him. That's where he really gets and dives in deep. So hit his name in the show notes and then follow his sub stack, subscribe to that and all that and give him the love he deserves over there. So as far as the love you get and we get, let's say on the podcast, thanks so much for listening to the show. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Of course, of ourselves.